0: Hello and welcome to True Crime People and Places, the podcast where we explore the world of true crime from an academic and personal perspective. I'm Linda Sage, a criminal psychologist with over four decades of experience working with some of the most dangerous individuals in the world. This is a fairly new podcast and we are developing the systems and growing our audience, so we appreciate your support and feedback. This podcast may contain discussions of violence, murder, sexual assault and other topics related to true crime. Listener discretion is advised. If you are sensitive to these topics, please be aware that this podcast may be triggering you. If at any time you feel overwhelmed or distressed, please take a break and seek support from a mental health professional or support organisation
1: morning everyone and welcome to our second session on what is coercive control uh, so there's myself lisa k bell and linda sage so um, linda do you want to give us a bit of a background uh, around you just for some of the new listeners that that might be uh, listening to this
0: yeah, hi, Lisa. It's great to be back and uh, looking forward to this because I know we've got some questions. So it's been a, a really good one from last time. My background is criminal psychology. I've been around a long time, about over four decades. It doesn't sound so bad that the same decades as 40 years. yeah. But uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of changes. I've worked with many of the most heinous criminals that we've had throughout the, uh, the UK. Um, mainly serial killers, uh, psychopaths, sex offenders, murderers. um, So all the the cream of the crop, really. And uh, since uh, last uh, July... I've really been working on getting the message out there about the effects of um, violence within, especially, relationships, the coercive control, stalking, and things like this. So, uh, you know, it's just making people aware because if they can be aware at the beginning of a relationship, they're more likely to get out of the relationship than they are when they get hooked and then they can't get out, or it's more difficult. Um-
1: yeah, my name's Lisa Kay Bell and I look at the other side of it. So from Lived Experience, I also run an organization called Soundproof Box. And at Soundproof Box, we run interactive theatre and workshops um, tackling early intervention around perpetrator behavior and domestic abuse and coercive control. So we work with young people on recognizing the red flags in relationships. Um today, uh, and with the format of this, you by all means, you can email in to us and we will answer any questions you've got. And we've had a couple of emails this morning uh, with some questions on. Um, so I am going to go and read through those, if that's all right. Should we start with the questions, Linda? Yeah, that's great. OK, so this one is from Pat in Cheltenham. So she said, uh, about power and control and the extent of the programme. She talks about Emperor's New Clothes and how Jimmy Savile... So we've got we've got the new Jimmy Savile, the Reckoning TV programme that's out at the moment that a lot of people have seen. So she wants to know how Jimmy Savile controlled and suppressed uh, people by using his influence and persona. There were lots of in- examples of individuals who'd raised concerns, but it was like his power was... A, a, a foot stamped out all the fires to gain um, his own, um, for his own gain, sorry. She's also talked to, well, about the Kardashians and the manipulation and influence to gain their gain through influencer culture. Um, her question is, will it always be the case that the masses are fooled by trickery and illusions? Um, some would argue that the biggest trick of all um, is faith um and brainwashing generations wow this is a long and quite deep one so what i think what she's doing here is unpicking this jimmy savile tv program that she's obviously been watching and i know a lot of people out there have been watching it and i think it's getting your head around how she's used that emperor's new clothes how he used the emperor's new clothes persona to kind of trick fool, suppress and silence his victims so what's your take on that linda
0: Okay I mean first first of all, I know like you, we haven't seen it because we don't have TV but um you've also got to think that what the way we are now and the legislation and the society in today, when you're looking back and you're judging things in the past and I'm not by any means saying that it was right or it was correct right but I am saying that the mentality was different, you know I mean, at a younger age, for me, you know, if you walk past a building site, you expected to get a wolf whistle or, you know, you could get your bottom pinched. And it wasn't a, a calamity, whereas now they're going back to it and they're making it into different to what it was at the time. As I say, I'm not saying the mentality was right, but it also wasn't wrong in the society at the time right yes obviously Jimmy Savile is a different ball game and we can talk about Rolf, Rolf Harris and we can also talk about the ones that have, have been through this that were actually innocent as well so people do are jumping on bandwagons and jumping up and down but to actually look at i mean Savile was obviously uh, very much in the media front and there was a lot of people that knew about it and there was a lot of people around you know that um supported him just by keeping quiet. So, yeah, there's a big difference there, I think. Yeah, and I think from my point of view, we can unpick the
1: times and look at what things were like back then and say, actually, people did brush things under the carpet. People were scared because he did have power and he did have influence. If they were to pull the plug on him, then for the BBC, that would have been a big cost. Now, we're looking at it with a 2023 lens. We're looking at it from Generation Z, what he did was absolutely appalling and people being silenced. But I know um, from the uh, my own work that I do that people are silenced by power and they are silenced by money. Um, I do think we're on the brink of a new culture where people are speaking out more and feeling empowered to speak out. And actually part of my role is getting people to speak out about this. Will it ever not happen again? Um, I don't think it will never not happen again because i think there will always be different power struggles and different power um you know when i was in a school yesterday we talked about coercive control being a power imbalance and that's exactly what's happened in the the savile case yes we were talking about um some really serious crimes that he did to children and vulnerable people um but that power imbalance um it is what makes it so um difficult for people to speak out and to do something about it but,
0: but it's also people that give them this power and control you know the, the kardashians haven't done anything you know what are they actually capable of you know they haven't you know uh, real skills but they've got a humongous following only because people Are perhaps envious, are jealous, want to know what these people are doing, you know. So until people realise that that's not reality, that life isn't like it's like you know looking at Big Brother and all these reality shows that are on now. People don't actually live like that. They're putting that on a lot of it because they're in that environment. Environment because they want influence or show off.
1: Yeah, and I've I've seen an article recently about Victoria's Secret. And Victoria's Secret uh, do sexy underwear for, for women. And they changed their marketing campaign a few years ago to use real women with real bodies. And their sales have plummeted as a result. And they put that down to the fact that people like to feel aspirational. They like to look up to people who they see to be glamorous and they see to have this kind of lifestyle. So if we go back full circle to the Kardashians and on the other side of the really heinous side of things jimmy savile people were looking up and seeing stars you know stars bring in money money is power power then leads to in certain situations coercive control whenever there's a power imbalance you're always going to get elements of coercion and control
0: yeah and and you know part, part of that is i mean now uh, there is a lot more known, uh, or there's a lot more shared. Uh, uh, I mean, when I started, you know, psychology was seen as the same bracket as like a psychic medium. You know, you they they just poo pooed you completely. Whereas now it's got a lot more um, uh, substance, and people uh, respect it within professions a lot a lot more. But uh, yeah, mental health is still. Uh, taboo subject for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people will prefer to say that they they've been come out of prison rather than they've had that time off of work through mental health issues. So it it is until you know the envy and the disparity because even on social media you know people don't go on social media and look sad or um, they might talk about their stories but there's always a happy picture or you know a, a photoshopped picture and things like this and people's lives are not like that and yet people want it to be like that because everybody else is living like that which really they're not living like that Yeah, so let's go back to the point of perpetrators and
1: perpetrator behaviour. So, do you think that perpetrators absolutely have cashed in on the
0: fact that they know what influences people? I, I mean, this is my experience, and I can't, you know, obviously, I'm I'm going to tar a lot of people with the same brush here, but for me, a lot of the developmental years, if they have lived in a toxic relationship, they grow up to. Be a toxic partner because this is how they've seen that life is. Now, I'm not, you know, there's still huge debate. I mean, all of my life, there's been investigations going on, uh, that children that are abused that go on to be abusers or not, you know, there there's a, a divide there, and they and no one knows why they choose one. But from my experience, even if they don't go on to criminally use like children, things like this. They abuse themselves you know that the, the alcohol um eating disorders uh drugs they go into toxic relationships their self-esteem is is shot so for me you know it is a learned behavior when you think that a baby comes into this world and they don't know anything about this is it it's a blank card so as they're learning you know what is acceptable if you've only lived in that type of environment, you're going to think that that environment is normal. And if you have lived in a different type of environment, you're going to think that's normal. So it's got to be education. It's got to be knowledge. Absolutely. And yesterday
1: I was in a school in Leeds and we were able to have this discussion. So a lot of the reason I do the early intervention work is if we can try and change people in an impactful way at an early stage, then we've got more chance of of them not going into abusive relationships or not going on to be perpetrators of abuse. Um, And I did say to the kids yesterday, so who are your role models? Because I wanted to know who who they were role modeling. You know, some young people will have parents at home that have got abusive um, tendencies and abusive relationships. And if their role models are their parents, then the chances are they're either going to go into feeling like they've been abused or they are going to be perpetrators of abuse. So we talked about role models, we talked about hobbies and interests and how role models in your hobbies, whether that be you doing theatre, whether you play football, who your coaches are, that they all can have a positive impact on preventing young people either going into these relationships or displaying those abusive behaviours.
0: Yeah. As, as you say, I think, you know, learning early on that um, what is acceptable and what's not. And also, you know, we haven't mentioned, you know, there's an awful lot of, um, about women and girls, um, domestic abuse and violence, but this is no one way street. This goes across the generations. It goes across the the, the genders. So, you know, it. Yeah. when you're talking about savo and things like this, you know, it tends to be focused on women as victims. They're not only victims you know the the, the generations and the different uh, genders are affected as well so i think it's a thing to realize that you know everybody can fall in. and i think you know if you look at your own life at some time in your life you know you can pick out something that you've been abusive or you have been abused you know you you've had a a toxic boss i mean i can certainly remember you know one of my, my early lecturers i was ready to throw the towel in because she was just a nightmare you know and and a boss that i had that really influenced you know negatively so i think we can all think about this and uh, realize that it's easy and, and and we do it sometimes you know even with the kids you know when they're getting on our nerves or we're busy and we're trying to do something else you know we can be you know abusive in that respect but it's not a continual you know, it, it's it's there and maybe we we spike and then we, we realize it, but it's when it's going on continually that it has such a negative and, you know, derogatory. Yeah, effect. and I think that's the
1: output. What I see as input as well leading up to something that I would consider to be illegally um, abusive is the manipulation that sits behind it so the drip 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 when we do our interactive theater show what we do is we show that drip effect over time that actually everything's been planned up to the final bit where the guy's got his hands round the the female's throat could quite as we say quite as easily be the other way around um but it's you know can i follow you on snapchat can i um you know, gaslighting quite early on they, uh, you said you wanted this no I didn't, as I said I'm trying to get that air of confusion so this manipulation happening over time and that's why I think we talked about it last session that if we look at a full end to end piece and piece together all the manipulation that happens up to maybe a big event and when I say a big event I mean violence or some instances death um, you know uh, it's at various points that people can intervene.
0: Yeah, and, and also you know it, it's to highlight that. It doesn't always have to end up in violence. I mean, emotional and psychological control are just as powerful and there's no external um, visible signs other than basically the crumbling of the personality and the isolation of the person that's uh, being victimised. So it is about other people being aware of the changes in people. So so why do you think
1: perpetrators are perpetrators? What What reasons are there that people might be perpetrators?
0: Oh, I think there's a a vast uh, array of uh, reasons. I mean, there's people I say that they've lived in toxic relationships uh, um, as children and they come through and they just accept this as normal on both sides, you know, because if you've got a, a mother that is a people pleaser, Nine times out of 10, the children, you know, especially the females, are going to be people pleasers because they're used to seeing their role as waiting on somebody, being there and doing that and, and things like this. And if the father's been aggressive, then nine times out of 10, they will think that this is a normal relationship. So, you know, there is that. Yes, there are psychological reasons, but to be honest, the it's minute. The amount or the percentage of people that are criminally insane. It's it's minute. So a lot of people, yes, there are mental illnesses. Are they brought on by abuse of other substances and alcohol and things like this? Quite possibly. I don't think there's enough investigation gone on in this to say exactly the reasons. But again, I think it's a culmination, you know, of things that people, it's choice at the end of the day. If you want to act like this you're going to keep going like this because you do find an awful lot of older adults that they do change slightly um as they mature uh they they do this when they're young but then they get um, a little bit more sedate but not always but uh, i don't think it's easy or even possible to say that you know this is the reason, because if there was, we could get rid of it. (laughs)
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, from my experience working with people, the, the esteem issues come in as well, and they manifest in different ways. So an esteem issue might... Manifest as codependency, which is what you talked about, that actually you become codependent on someone as a victim. Or it can work the other way in that you're so crippled inside that actually you're lashing out and creating abuse for someone else because you're unhappy internally. I'm not justifying perpetrator behavior. I'm not justifying coercive control. But quite in my experience, quite a lot of people that are perpetrators of abuse have got something psychologically damaged within themselves, something that's unhealed within themselves.
0: And also, I mean, there. Uh, I'm reading quite a lot about the the retaliation syndrome at the moment. Yeah, you know, that because a lot of the victims end up as perpetrators because you know if somebody pushes you enough that you turn. So. You know, Female. There've been females. The cases that I've been reading, particularly, that have gone on to then um, seriously harm or kill their partner, and they end up on on a on a murder charge. And it's like, but then their legal, the legal system hasn't supported them with like the the defence with coercive control because the criminal justice system seem to think that um, you don't need to be an expert on uh, on coercive control it's it's logical and it's not there's so much involved there and these women several cases have been advised legally not to use domestic violence within their defense and they've ended up with 30-year prison sentences you know to me there's grounds for appeal there but i'm say i'm not the legal side of it but i have been discussing this with some of the um the lawyers because um there seems such a big discrepancy there so it, and some people are so frustrated especially uh, online and of course now you've got the, the malicious communications so some people tend to get online and start um Going on and making all sorts of comments, and without realising that they actually then end up in the dock as a as, as a perpetrator. Yeah. Do Do you think perpetrators can be changed? Perpetrators of abuse. Do you think they can be reformed? I, I, I. It's like talking about anybody. If somebody wants to change, you know, going on a diet. Do you Do you want to lose weight enough not to eat that chocolate biscuit? Then you won't eat it. If um, the perpetrator. And I'm, I'm not talking here about the, the, the really deviant. We're talking about like the coercive control and, and things like this. that you know, it, it's quite possible it's learned behavior. So if we can learn it, we can unlearn it and change it uh, for something more positive. Yeah,
1: I have a view that people change regardless of what that is, whether it be weight loss or whether it be a perpetrator, when they either feel the heat or see the light so you know i use that meth that method that actually if someone can if they're feeling the heat if it, this is causing them enough damage within their own life they will change or they see the light that actually there's a better life beyond doing what they've been doing um and that that's my view but i also think that um The earlier we can educate people, you know, my view on early education, early intervention, I really want to start working with youth offenders as well in this space, because I think if we can start to turn the dial a bit, we're going to have less of this happening in the generations. There are some role models out there, which I won't name for a young men specifically that are not positive role models that are on social media that are spouting hatred um, and, and perpetrator behaviors. And actually young, People are looking up to to these these influencers that are not that are not great. Um, the reason I don't mention a particular influencer and someone mentioned his name yesterday, and I went, don't mention him. Um, is that he's got some notoriety um, as a result of people talking about him all the time. I want to unravel that notoriety, and and if people stop talking about his name and calling out the behaviors, we're more likely to see changes than if we start going, oh, that person there. Um, is doing this we're just fueling the 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 narcissistic ego
0: and i think that you know a valid point like like you you know i think there's only two reasons for change and you it's only the person you can do it you can't do it on behalf of somebody else or for somebody else you know that that's a a total myth but you know it's gotta it's gotta be so bad that you can't stay there and you want to make a, a change or but um that you're moving to to something better so you're moving away from something so bad or you're moving towards something that's much better so yeah i think they are the only two reasons that ever come up that are strong enough and getting the support because it's a myth as well that it's just willpower you know when something is alert behavior it's so ingrained that you believe that that is true you know it's just it's just the way it is because uh, when you've learned something you do it then automatically you know we don't get up every day and think oh I must remember to breathe we we do it automatically and the same with the the way that maybe we get dressed or you know, there's always other ways to do it a, you know, a simple thing I mean this is going back years when I was, I was talking to people about you know mindset you now if you cross your arms and uh, you always do it the same way but if you just then cross your arms the other way how uncomfortable it feels but there's no law written how you're going to cross your arms something Absolutely. simple shows that yeah you know, to do something differently you know it, it is a, an effort and you do have to think about it so you know everything i think in respect of perpetrators at this level that it's really possible but when you um, got- yeah and um, i
1: also think if the perpetrator what are they getting out of it so if they're getting a kick out of it they're enjoying it and that power actually suits them they're less likely to change than if actually by being like this life is pretty hard and it's going to be not very comfortable um and there are lots of things we can do as a society to surround that behavior and make it unacceptable at the moment it's not we're not at that stage you know if we look going back 20 years and we look at things like lgbtq uh, rights and things we're in a different space to where we are today i want coercive control to be as un- socially unacceptable as being homophobic is
0: I mean, it, it's a bit, you know, even going back further, you know, seat belts in cars, you know, when that came in, that everybody had to do that. Now, people wouldn't think about getting into a car and not put a seat belt on. Or when the smoking ban came in, you know, like I was in prisons then and I expected there to be real uproar with, with this ban coming in without without smoking. And yet it was bought in and it was accepted yeah people oh, okay people still smoke but not like they did and an awful lot of people have given given that up so i think you like you're right that coercive control if it was given enough of a forum and enough of support public behind it that it's quite easily something that could come into the the same aspect as these
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: so anybody has got anybody uh, that they're thinking of, or they think they need to support, uh, just be there. You know, um, keeping friends while you're being isolated is really difficult. So uh, just hang in there, and always there is support. But until the person actually wants it, you know, it's uh, nobody else can do it for them or make them do it. Yeah.
1: And I think from my point of view, as we've talked a lot about perpetrator behaviour today, if you see those behaviours in your friends, call them out, call them out on those behaviours. And we run advocacy programmes on friends that call out bad behaviour, whether that be coercive control, whether it be verbal abuse, whatever that is, but call out that bad behaviour, because that's moving towards changing the dial on this, this topic.
0: Very much so. And, of course, you can get in touch with uh, Lise or myself uh, before the next uh, session, which is two weeks away from uh, today. So, uh, Lise, what's your email?
1: So my email is info at soundproofbox.org. Info at soundproofbox.org.
0: And mine's very simple because everything for me is... uh, in my name so it's just info at so uh, nice and easy if you want to find me on social media it's always lindasage i don't forget it so i don't think everybody else won't forget it
1: <laughs> yep okay follow us on linkedin where i'm lise k
0: bell and i'm linda sage so thank you for being with us and until next time lise last word with you
1: okay well keep safe And call out that perpetrator behaviour if you're recognising it in your friends.
0: So take care and bye for now. Thank you for listening to True Crime People and Places. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, please let us know. See you next time.